for the podcast number two. Um, my name is Dariana Jury. I am a senior from Keller, Texas, doing environmental engineering, and I am the core chair for this 2020-2021 year. Perfect. Hey, everyone. My name is Palmer Baldi, and I am a junior studying public relations and creative advertising from Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm also on the core team serving as one of the outreach coordinators. So very excited to be here. Hey, everyone. I'm Seher. Um, I'm a senior studying psychology and economics. My pronouns are she, her. And um, I am serving as the podcast coordinator of CORE. Yay! Hello, my name is Rachel Gadlor. I'm a sophomore here at SMU, double majoring in management, science, and markets and culture. And my pronouns are she slash her. Hi everyone, I am Dr. Sydney Gardner. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm the director for the Women in LGBT Center and very excited to be here today. Um, I also wanted to take an opportunity to tell you a little bit more about um, the podcast piece and why we are choosing to do it this way this year. Um, last year, after the Women's Symposium, we were really excited about a lot of pieces of the symposium, but particularly about our ability to have these connections um, in a different way with our community award winners. Um, so this year we decided that we wanted to provide an opportunity for people beyond just CORE to get to know our community award winners. So we had already started to plan to have this podcast component before we went into um, a pandemic and doing everything virtually. So it just kind of created a natural progression too for the Women's Symposium so that we are able to provide that opportunity to still be able to find out about our community award winners and also create that intergenerational dialogue um, between our core committee members and our community award winners. So we're really excited to be here today to kick it off and to introduce you to CORE and um, our process as we move towards the Women's Symposium in March. Yay! Yeah, we really can't wait. Um, we've already been meeting um, just as an exec team just to get prepared for what 2021 may bring us. Um, and just the craziness that is 2020. <laughs> um, with that, we started talking a little bit about our themes for the year or for this upcoming year um, and some of the heavy hitters that we discussed was social media, social media or life without it, just like how much does social media influence us, um, our politics, our mental health, our perception, and just even through Twitter, their like algorithm bias of like what tweets you see just based off of like what you like. Um, the next one was the effects of COVID slash 
the term of the century, the new normal, um, and just discussing maybe what's next, how business business is done. Who would have thought that the world was shut down for literally two weeks? No one could have guessed that. Um, and just how people have gotten new businesses from it, how we saw a boom of Black businesses in June, or support of Black businesses in June. Um, the next one we thought about was women leaders in the community. Um, just again with COVID, how certain women in leadership all across the world, they're just handling it so differently, so professionally, so well. Um, yes, and it's, um, sorry, and it's a interesting time period to be in, to see all the women now stepping into these covenant roles and just killing it all across the world. Uh, next, along with that same train of thought, was um, a seat at the table, or slash when you get to the table. Just talking about how people always ask women who are in these high up positions or own their own business, how they started the business, but never really how they maintained their position, how um, they found their voice while being in a room filled, full of people who look nothing like them, maybe think not very similarly, um, and just how they continue to thrive and push the boundaries and try to crack the very, very heavy glass ceiling. Um, so taking a new perspective of what it means to have a seat at the table. Um, and then just fat, um, looking back upon last Women's Symposium and bringing in the wonderful Monica Lewinsky, um, who shared a bit about her life. Um, on top of that, we uh, were pressing into the idea of women of women opening of their lives and like facing ridicule or double standards, um, and just how that can transform into multiple different conversations and actually touch on any number of points that we created as themes. So with that. That's sort of our wrap up of our theme discussion or like our points right there. Um, and with that, I will open it up the floor so we can discuss our theme some more and hopefully find the one for the 56th annual Women's Symposium. One thing that jumped out to me um, when you were talking about how there's an overlap with different themes is I think there's a way to integrate sort of that um, women being leaders into the community into any of the other themes um, and making sure to have that component of just like talking about um, women in general, but also women leaders, um, because I feel like I've definitely seen both um, women sort of taking either a stand against social media bias or using social media to promote their platforms and promote their businesses um, or women who during this time, like you mentioned, have found a seat at the table or are maintaining a seat at the table um, and how they're using that to be a leader in their community right now during this really trying time. So 
that could um, maybe bleed into other themes. And I think it might even make other themes more powerful because you get to um, touch on that aspect of um, what it's like to be a woman in any of those categories. Yeah, that's definitely a very powerful statement uh, to make and a good um, perspective on it all, just how we can tie multiple, um, yeah, multiple um, of our points together. And that seems to be a common um, trait through any women's symposium. Not like whatever theme that we choose, we always end up incorporating the other ones that we wanted as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's definitely a way, I think there's enough overlap between um, really all of the the topics that we mentioned that we can bring elements into, no matter what we, <clears throat> excuse me, no matter which one we choose as our final topic, I think we can definitely bring in elements from all of them. So is there any topic that you're like, mm, I, I don't really want to hear about or discuss anymore um, or any or the opposite of that? What would be your main contender? In my mind, it's we're so surrounded by COVID. It's hard to imagine having a whole symposium where that's like our main theme as well i mean but at the same time it is very like important i mean it's affecting literally everyone around the world so it could also be a good idea but it's also like that's all we deal with i feel like these days no, I completely agree with you. Um, I feel like you wake up and you think about COVID. Um, <laughs> so if that's something that I know we're going to still talk about it a little bit, but if we could maybe sway away from it, I, I'm not opposed to that idea whatsoever. Yeah, I think there are other um, really pivotal things that have happened this year um, that obviously are maybe um, rooted in issues that extend way past just this year, but have really, we've seen um, on full display this year. Um, so I think obviously, um, yeah, COVID is really important, but if anything, if we wanted to maybe just focus on these themes in the light of like 2020 and like just women, um, handling 2020. Obviously, COVID would be an aspect of that, but I agree that I think everyone um, is definitely overloaded with <laughs> COVID stuff all the time. So maybe talking about um, other ways, not just limiting, um, you know, uh, this topic to something that uh, we've all been dealing with and not closing ourselves off to other amazing things that um, women have been doing in other fields and categories. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there was a point in like early COVID, like mm, maybe March timeframe, where I just could not stand to hear six feet, social distancing, mass. It was like every single news outlet in the world was just 
on the subject of COVID. So like, I definitely feel a little worn out about COVID, not saying we couldn't make a symposium about it, but yeah, it would be a lot more of the same if we did. Um, so from our discussion so far, it looks like women leaders in the community is going to be sort of a sub point to whatever we choose. Is that okay with everyone making it a sub point? Cool, cool, cool. Um, so the ones that we still have are a seat at the table slash when you get to the table, women opening up about their lives, um, and facing backlash or social media and potentially life without it. I personally what did, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Um, what were you thinking uh, with social media? Can you elaborate a little bit more about that one? Um, so in our talks, um, the person who actually presented this idea is not in this meeting. Uh, she is a very busy person. Um, but how she explained it was like social media influences so much our politics, um, our mental health, our perceptions of ourselves and others, um, just the biases that the algorithms have for both Instagram, Twitter, well, all social media, and just the internet in general, how Google can, like, if you're searching that earring, it will pull up drawers or like other places to go, Sam Moons, knowing fully well, like I am broke. But <laughs> the algorithm um, is just getting more and more specific with what we search. Um, so I think part of where she was going with it was how in like the beginning of quarantine as well, we sort of got back to a lot of basics and hobbies that are probably our parents and our grandparents used to love, such as making bread and sewing and doing yard work and gardening and things that we just don't, that it seems like millennials and Gen Zs don't necessarily have the time or want to do. Um, and it's just easier to make a TikTok or make an Instagram post. Um, so would there be any potential to have life pre-social media again for these later generations? I think that the social media topic, especially that perspective, is really interesting and unique. Um, I feel like while they're important topics, I do think some of the other topics have been, you know, discussed before. Um, and I think it's also very topical with that, um, what's that documentary that everyone was watching? The Social Dilemma. Um, so I do really like the idea of that. And I think we can definitely pull in elements of the other topics because, um, you know, like you were saying, social media had a big hand in, um, empowering a lot of uh like black businesses and i think a lot of things that just happen now could not have happened without social media and like the the widespread information that we have 
could not have happened 20 years ago. But um, I think it's, it's really good because we can kind of look at it from both sides. Yeah, I definitely agree there um, that I think it's um, the most unique topic in the sense that um, it can easily incorporate the others, but the others can't easily incorporate this specific topic because it is so pertinent to what's going on right now. And I think, too, there could be a way to, I really like the um, women speaking about their experiences and receiving backlash. Um, I think there's a way to maybe incorporate that into this as well of how it can empower um, you know, different groups, um, women, whoever it may be to speak up, but how you see so much backlash on social media for people speaking up or maybe just um, online harassment, whatever it may be. Um, but then also, yeah, talking about it's great that it's giving people a voice, whether it's received well or not, but also is there a way to um, get back to um, finding a balance between being plugged in all the time and trying to clock out? Because I think everyone will resonate with that, even if they don't totally know that they do, just from Zoom fatigue and being on their phones all the time. I know there was a point during quarantine during the summer where not even that I'm on social media that much um, to begin with personally, but I was like, I just can't even um, look at another post or anything and like trying to stay engaged, to stay informed. But um, yeah, just being overloaded for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, the screen fatigue, so real. I feel that. I feel that now <laughs> in the midst of midterms. Sometimes I'm just like Spanish. I just, I'm done. I know it's for an hour, but I'm done. <laughs> um, okay, so the heavy hitters right now from our discussion. So we didn't really talk on, talk much about a seat at the table. Does anyone have any thoughts uh, regarding that? I think it's definitely an important topic, um, but I don't know, like I was saying before, I think it's something that has been discussed before and that doesn't mean that we can't talk about it again. But um, it's, it's not the most unique of topics. And I also think that, like, in that discussion of social media, you're able to say, like, because we've had such widespread changes in our world and our society, how we're socialized because of social media, that's given more people the opportunity to have a seat at the table or to, for those who already have a seat, to help open up seats for others. Yeah, that's really good. Rachel, do you have any thoughts on- uh, Yeah, I'm trying to think. I do like the idea. Um, I just, uh, I don't think I rank it at the top. I think that I'm, really liking the social media idea and i agree that you can tie that in with a lot of things um especially like some of our other topics you can 
we could be able to hit on a lot of the cons and pros when it comes to social media. And so, yeah, those are kind of some of my thoughts. Yeah, it's really good to hear from you. I know you're um, traveling and moving around. The beauty of having Zoom, right? Um, which I guess also falls into the social media and just the ease of meeting people now. I know people are having like first dates through Zoom. So like there's a whole new genre, oh, a whole new world as Aladdin would put it. People are having weddings on Zoom. On Zoom? My mom went to a Zoom wedding. That's exciting. Oh, that's they so had, cute. They had, they had someone in like another country like playing the violin. It was, <laughs> it was wild. Honestly, I might do that. Like anyone who has kids, you're on Zoom. Like, <laughs> and then listen, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay for, for catering. You don't have to pay for a hall. Yeah, the only yeah, thing the I'm only really thing missing out on is the cake. That that's it. So honestly, they're winning. Zoom <laughs> weddings, 2020. Um, yeah, we love to see it. Okay, so it looks like. Correct me if I'm wrong. We are leading very heavily towards social media or maybe life without it. Yes, 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 yes. Tens mm -hmm. across the board. Mm -hmm. um, we will be tweaking the name. So look on our Instagram and the Women's Symposium website for the official theme for the 56th annual Women's Symposium. Yeah, super exciting. Dariana, will you remind us what our Instagram ad is? Yes, I will. It is SMU Women's Symposium, I believe. If not, we will edit this part out. You can find us on Instagram at Women's Symposium, all one word. Um, yes, so find us there. We will be plugging our social media a lot more in the coming future. <laughs> um, and yeah, follow us, keep up with us. We will hope. Hopefully, we will be doing more podcasts in the future where you get to meet our wonderful community award winners, get to know their story a little bit more, get to know us a little bit more. Um, and then the most exciting part is getting to know our speaker or speakers. We don't know. Um, so with that, that sort of leads us into our conversation of who would we even bring? to talk about social media or life without it. Um, and since we're doing a podcast as core, would there be any podcasters that, you know, talk about this often or are social media influencers that run a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I would actually love to talk to an influencer as a speaker. I think they would have a really interesting perspective on social media. Um, and especially like if their career is on social media, um, 
I mean, obviously it would be somewhat biased, but it's, it's good to have that perspective that we don't all have. It's very behind the scenes. One influencer that I think would be cool um, in a dream world, so um, maybe going off of that um, to find someone that can work with us or just, um, you know, find someone that can engage with us maybe in a more realistic way since she's um, a bit bigger. But um, she, her username is Glow Graphics. Um, her name is Glow, and she has been doing those um, posts that you, I've been seeing people repost everywhere of a little search bar of like, um, what's going on with the 2020 election or like what happened with George Floyd um, and informing people about what is going on internationally and in their communities and doing it in a really um, tasteful but really important and sort of um, very real but um, aesthetically <laughs> beautiful way. Um, and she's actually been featured in like Forbes, um, on Oprah, um, and things like that. And I think that's a really cool way to um, maybe influencers like that who've been using their platform to speak out about what's been happening in 2020 um, would be a cool perspective to take. So maybe if not specifically her, other people who are conjointly um, doing cool things just within their career on social media, but also realizing that because they have that platform, they have a way to speak on um, real stuff that's happening in their communities and make important changes. Yeah, um, I was actually trying to scroll through my Instagram because I follow so many influencers. I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> Um, so one account that I follow that I really love is called Heels and Hustle Org, and it's all about like uh, female empowerment, and um, it's like they get together. So it's based out of Houston, and they get together for brunches once a month, where they sort of like workshop, get to network with other CEOs of businesses. Um, and just sort of get to it, soak in the magic that is being a woman and like being surrounded by powerful people. Um, the other person I thought of was actually her child, um, Gabrielle Union, like her daughter, her Instagram, man, funny, so funny. Um, not like we can get a toddler to come and speak, but her mom and just like all the transitions that she has made through like TV and movie and like standing up for herself through the whole, um, what was it? Where like you try out and America's America got talent. I think oh, she was a judge. Yeah. Yeah. I think she could be really interesting. Oh yeah. And she was fired because of her hair. So you have to sort oh, ridiculous, but yes. I like that idea. Our dream world, it it could be her. My fan favorite is Michelle Obama. It will always be Michelle Obama. <laughs> she has nothing to do with the pot. Actually, JK, she has her own podcast. So she could be a contender. I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> I think it would be really interesting, interesting to do Claudia Conway. Ooh, for the podcast, for the people listening. That was my reaction. <laughs> that would be yeah. really hard. 
I'm sure she would have some interesting things to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think too with that of sort of same thing of like the voice that social media gives you of like, you know, no one would know that perspective unless she had social media to um, be doing that. So that could be a cool perspective, um, especially from a younger um, woman using it versus um, someone who's very established in the field already. Yeah. And I think it is interesting as well because she's not exactly like an influencer. Um, and she, she kind of got her quote unquote fame by being Kellyanne Conway's daughter. But, you know, we wouldn't hear her voice and hear the things that she is aware of had she not made a TikTok. Um, another person I also think is really interesting is she's actually Canadian. So I don't know um, if we could do a ton with her, but I guess if it's all virtual, then it doesn't really matter. Um, but her her YouTube is simply nail logical. Uh, and she, she started as like a nail art channel and now she just does whatever. But um, she she has a podcast and she actually very recently talked about social media from the perspective of someone who, you know, works in social media and has a large following on social media, but also as a consumer of social media, because, um, in contrast with a lot of other influencers, she has a day job and, um, you know, she doesn't have a manager or anyone. It's just her and her boyfriend that handle all of their, uh, influencer responsibilities and i think she had a really cool perspective on it the other thought that i have are celebrities that leave social media or like who was it i think it was jenna marbles she recently was like oh, no i'm not doing youtube anymore um so i think that would be interesting or just even this past week with the whole Cardi B and Offset, are they getting divorced? Like it's her birthday, all these things that are happening to people who make so much more than I do and like just should not live rent free in my mind. But here we are. Um, just how much they are willing to share with the outer world and like the backlash that they face from it, from like, wanting to get a divorce to like being cool and boot up, you know, versus like Beyonce. We like never hear anything about her, her kids. Like she will tell you what she thinks you think she wants you to know. Like very, very little, you know? And like, if you're invited to Beyonce's house or anything with Beyonce, you are a very important person. She must care for you deeply if you're getting invited. And her mother spilled the beans. Beyonce has a close friends list on Instagram. She does. Where she like just cooks and just lives her best life. So if you're an ordinary person on her close friends, I don't know how you game the system, how you hacked it, what algorithm you used, but wow. You're amazing. Um, but that could be cool. Like people, celebrities um, who got 
their fame off of social media like Cardi B did and then like leaving it. Um. There's also the possibility of people who um, didn't necessarily want um, fame on social media like the the kombucha girl, Brittany Broski. She didn't set out to become an influencer and she's actually said in videos that um, when that video started going viral, she was working a job at a bank and her manager basically said, well, you can choose to be a corporate professional or be a meme. And she wanted to continue her corporate life, but it basically overtook and she wasn't given that option. Yeah. I think there's something really cool about there of, once you get drawn into it, of like even if you want to leave, how hard it is to make that transition. And like to some extent, I feel like you can't really leave because once you know you're viral or you're an influencer, there are going to be people that feel like um, you know you owe something to them because they're loyal to you and you're a fan. When really you're just like a woman or a person moving through this world, doing your own thing, like Beyonce, like she's a great example of she has done a flawless job i think of um no pun intended <laughs> um but of um having so many people that love her um but also feel like you know they need something from her because she's beyonce but still balancing that but then there are the people who yeah like just can't take that pressure and need to leave but don't ever really feel like they um, get to leave or get the opportunity to do both. Um, and how sometimes, especially I feel like with, there's that pressure, especially on women of, um, you know, having to pick one or the other, like having fun, but, um, you know, having to also be seen as maybe unprofessional in like other settings. Yeah. A person that comes to mind is actually two people. Um, so this is a little off topic, slightly. Is just like childhood stars and like their transition into like the adult world. How Selena Gomez got so much backlash for Spring Breakers, I think. She went from just, oh, the cute Wizard of Waverly Place girl, you know, Disney cutie, can't do no wrong, to like, oh, just so scandalous. I can't believe she's just showing everything. And I'm like, the movie was called Spring Breakers. What did you think? Um, two, like Zendaya, who she, she was on Disney Channel for quite a long time. I think she even had her own show to now winning an Emmy, correct? For her work in Euphoria, which I mean, I haven't seen the show, but I heard it's very similar to, like, Shameless slash Skins, which is, like, a old British show. But, like, it has a bunch of heavy-hitting topics that, you know, are just not kid-friendly. And she was more well-received than Selena Gomez. Um, so I think just navigating those waters of, like, I sort of expected to be a childhood icon like Hannah Montana she knew or Miley Cyrus knew when she got that role like a lot of young girls would be looking up to her how she um lived her life post Hannah Montana 
<laughs> has been very interesting. And I don't feel like Disney appreciated some of her moves, probably, um, being one of the most watched TV shows on Disney Channel for a good period of time, at least three years. Um, but also just that navigation of you are a role model, people look up to you, but you're so young and you want to live your life how you see fit, um, which might not line up with your agency, with um, the TV show you're on, with going back to Kombucha Girl, like the um, corporate life that you live, you know, so just balancing everything. I had a couple of thoughts while y'all were talking through the different people. And in particular, one is that as you were talking through like the former child stars kind of navigating all of that, another person that came to mind was Evan Rachel Wood, um, who also is in a documentary about being a former child star. And, you know, she's still very famous now and is in um, Westworld and all these other things and has her own band and stuff. But also very connected to the Me Too movement and has been doing a lot of talking um, for many years now, particularly around um, intimate partner violence. So that's just kind of another layer. But I was also thinking as you're talking about Kombucha Girl, she is from Texas. She was at Texas A&M. And the other person that I was thinking about in terms of that is also another Texan. Um, the this is probably like two or three years ago now, but the woman who went viral for the um, Chewbacca mask, remember that? Do y'all remember that? She's from here, like from DFW area, like Red Oak or somewhere, like towards yeah down south. Um, so there's enough people that it might be interesting to have like a panel of people that have gone viral sometimes unintentionally, right? Like they, they didn't know. And so kind of how that has changed their world and what that means. And I don't know, I would find that fascinating. I think a lot of people would, um, particularly that component of sometimes this stuff is out of our control, whereas an influencer typically seeks that out, right? I, I mean, not that sometimes people also go viral and then try to become influencers, but I mean, in this way, it's mostly people that are like, not necessarily seeking out that kind of notoriety and then it comes their way and what does that look like and how do you move forward? So that would be interesting to me. The life post meme. <laughs> um, no, I think that's like, I think that's super interesting. And just from talking to like my friends, I know that we've had conversations about like, you know, when Vine was really big, like, what led up to this Vine and, like, what are they doing now? Like, are they still living off of what they got from this Vine? You know, does there, like, what happens after you're a meme? Are you, are you just supposed to live your life as normal? Like, where is Alex from Target? <laughs> where is he? He went to school in Frisco with my friend. That's crazy. Or Daniel. Back at it again with the white vans. Yeah. Does he still have white vans? Are they black now? You know, with the whole COVID transition, you know, just slipping on the black. I don't know. 
Maybe he's, he's for Black Lives Matter. I don't know. Still, why you vans? So, who knows? I think even I just it. for, like, even just for, like, a podcast, I think that would be a really interesting topic. Yeah, I agree. And I think that would draw a lot of people because I think there's just that fascination, yeah, of, like, especially things like the kombucha girl and vines or just, like, it's just normal people like you and me that did like one funny thing one time and we're like, oh, like let's get a video of this for a few seconds. And then it just resonated with so many people and knowing, yeah, just knowing that you have that much of an impact on people's lives, but you not knowing all those people, but yeah, not having it be someone that was seeking that out, but um, someone who just did a one-off funny thing a couple times. And then sometimes they continue it and do like similar vines. But um, yeah, I just think about like all the people that quote vines and I'm sure the person in the vine never thought like, I'm going to become a quote that like an entire generation knows and understands and like a form of language. Um, I think that'd be really interesting because yeah, I think memes and like those videos have become a language in itself of like I can hear when people watch TikTok or like are on Twitter all the time like I can hear it in the way they speak so I think that would be something that people would be really um or people would want to engage with for sure yeah especially people who got popular from vines because TikTok is um it's very new somewhat new but vines is you know at least a few years old so if you got popular or you had something go viral at the beginning of vine it's been several years. Like, is that, is that still a part of your life? Does it affect you now? Or was it a one-off thing that kind of happens for a little while and now your life is back to normal? I would love to know. It'd be funny too for Vines um, to get the perspective. I think there's a way like maybe if this isn't even like the symposium, but like you're talking about just a panel for a podcast of so just sort of people giving their perspectives. Uh, there are a lot of different ages going on in those too. Like Kamucha Girl obviously is like, you know, in her 30s, but I think of like the Vine kids that their sibling filmed them and they were like eight or like nine or 10. And now it's been like seven years and they're probably like teenagers or in their 20s and our age. Um, so getting to hear their perspective too of like being a kid um just growing up with that and then now being older and realizing how much of an impact that can have um just um yeah i think growing up with all that technology you don't realize how impactful it can be and then you get older and you're like whoa that's crazy that have and have a bit more perspective on um how far-reaching it can be I had two thoughts related to all of what y'all are talking about. One is thinking around and using like thinking through um, like a meme like Pepe the Frog and how that took on a whole different life than the creator ever thought would happen. And like also like so thinking through that and with the the meme piece of like you create something, you don't know it's going to go viral then it goes viral and takes on a whole life of its own where people are manipulating it, changing it, using it in ways that you never meant for it to be used. Um, and also connecting that to really, particularly women's issues and how as women, um, you know, so much of 
who we are out in the world is commodified, objectified and such. And so, and also like how that creates a, like where it's really out of our control sometimes, right? And so similarly, this is happening online where, you know, memes and all of this viral content takes on a life of its own that we have no control over and how that is used. So I just, I think there's some interesting connections there. It would be interesting to hear people, um, you know, speak to. But the other thing as y'all were talking um, is that I remember hearing another podcast. I'm no, I, I think it was probably a Radio Lab episode at some point, but there they did a um, they did an episode focused on a woman who had created this online community, um, in particular for people that um, had were really having struggles trying to go into like romantic or couple coupledom kind of relationships. Like they were just having a hard time finding a, a partner or somebody um, to date. And so she had created this community and um, really had the best of intentions for it and had kind of guided it for a while. And I mean, it grew out of this. She worked at a, at a college, like I think as a grad student. And so she had like met a student late one night who had a lot of questions around like he he was just kind of awkward and didn't know how to like really talk to people, but he really wanted to meet people and particularly had never dated. So she kind of talked him through that and then she thought, oh, there's probably a lot of people like this out there. And so she was trying to build this community to help people. Long story short, that community over time she had like kind of left it like there were lots of people that joined it and stuff that community grew into the incel group if you know what that is um so it's just kind of this fascinating again that whole piece of like you create something with this particular intention and then people take over that online and create something very very different right so best of intentions, and then this is what we have. And it would be really interesting to hear kind of that perspective too. Maybe even, I don't know what she's doing or something, but like to have, to hear that um, perspective. And also, again, not only did it turn into something that you weren't expecting, but something that became very harmful. Um, so anyway, I don't know. It just kind of popped into my head as y'all were talking about this. It was like, oh, making some connections to other things that I had um, heard in in podcast world. <laughs> I think it would be cool to even with just individual posts from influencers of like, um, yeah, you post something with the best of intentions um, as a woman and there's just no, there are always going to be people who are dissatisfied of like, you know, that's too inappropriate, that's showing too much, or like you need to have more fun, like just always feeling the need to take something over, making comments where it's like not always the place of the people, but it just happens anyways because it is such a public domain. I think another, another um, kind of in the same vein, but another uh, topic that happens with that is like, whether something is cultural appropriation or appreciation and who gets to decide that um because i've seen a lot of the times where um 
someone will post a picture and a bunch of you know say it's wearing something of asian descent and a bunch of white people will rush in and say well that's cultural appropriation when the people whose culture that is don't necessarily have that view or the other way around and who really has the right to say what is appropriation versus appreciation is it on a case-by-case -case basis or are there these broad terms Yeah. Um, just really a conversation in general. Um, I know we cannot decide a speaker today. There's just too much. Um, and we will have more conversations in the near future um, regarding who we would even want to bring in, who we could potentially do a podcast with. I think that could be cool if they can't make it to women's symposium, like we do a one-off with them. Um, because honestly, we have, we all have zoom now and it's not like they can say, well, I'm going to be in Spain. I could be in Spain right now. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so with that, we'll wrap up a little bit. Um, our conversation on speakers, it, um, this time right now with the podcast has been very exciting a lot of good perspectives and ideas and it makes me so pumped for women's symposium um i think it's just going to be so fantastic this year yes it is going to be virtual you know like everything else in 2020 what did you expect but <laughs> like it's going to be great no matter what and continue to look out for our podcast, look out for our social media, our website, um, and hopefully we will bring, bring we will be bringing to y'all very soon our community award winners and getting to step or get a peek into their lives and what they do in regards to social media. Um, so with that, the core team would like to say goodbye adios enjoy your day or night or whatever you listen to this <laughs> bye 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 adios <laughs> <laughs>